Thank you for checking out this episode of the Fight Talk Podcast. This is Steven Jensen. Today's episode, we've got Jesse Butler in the studio. Jesse Butler, aka Righteous Jesse, aka the owner, promoter over at Southern Underground Professional Wrestling, otherwise known as Supgraps here in the Nashville, Tennessee area. Great company. We're going to be talking about their upcoming show on February the 25th. It's called Achy Breaky Heart out of the Nashville, Tennessee area. It's going to be at the Basement East. Really looking forward to that show. Me and Jesse are going to break down the card. We're going to talk about a lot of the talent from the show. And we're also going to just throw some random stuff in there because, you know, we like to do that too. But before we get started, make sure to check out our friends at Heroes and Legends. Heroes and Legends is a pro wrestling collectible and memorabilia company that specializes in action figures, vintage magazines and programs, DVDs, autographed memorabilia, and other unique pro wrestling memorabilia. Make sure to follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at HL Pro Wrestling. And I will have a list of dates for you guys shortly so you know where they're going to be and who they're bringing with them. But once again, that is Heroes and Legends, and their Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook is all at HL Pro Wrestling. Also, want to give a shout out to Brian Jensen. Brian Jensen is a USA boxing coach and MMA instructor. He's also a personal trainer, and he can help you with a lot of stuff. He can help you learn how to throw hands, get in better shape, learn self-defense, or polish up your existing skills. Just hit him up. It's that simple. Follow him on Instagram and just send him a direct message. His Instagram handle is at Atlanta Boxing Coach. So once again, that's all spelled out at Atlanta Boxing Coach. Brian Jensen's the guy for you. Hit him up. Get a knockout workout without getting knocked out. And also, last but not least, before we get started with this conversation, make sure to check out WrestleRumble.com. WrestleRumble.com is fantasy pick'em contests for pro wrestling fans. So it's kind of like DraftKings or FanDuel or any of those kind of, you know, contests, but you're basically winning money for picking and predicting pro wrestling. So for instance, the Royal Rumble is coming up and there's going to be a bunch of questions about when people are going to enter. There's going to be questions about the actual uh, matches outside of the Rumble matches. So there's going to be questions in regards to the world title match uh, between the universal title match, I should say, between Brock Lesnar uh, Braun Strowman and Kane. Of course, there's going to be questions about AJ Styles versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and all the other stuff going on in the show. There's a whole bunch of questions and a whole lot of money and prizes on the line. So jump over to WrestleRumble.com right now. And just so you know, the first place prize for this Royal Rumble Pick'em Contest is $1,000 cash. That's $1,000 cash for predicting pro wrestling from your couch. Second place is $100 cash and a replica WWF Winged Eagle Championship belt. So, I mean, you can't beat that. That's the first and the second place prize. There's third, fourth, fifth. There's a whole bunch of prizes on there. There's free artwork, free money, a whole bunch of stuff. You do not want to miss out at your chance of winning huge cash and huge prizes just for being a fan of pro wrestling. And here's the thing. If you're like me and you sit on your couch and you're already telling people on Twitter, you're telling your friends, you're telling anyone who will listen to you, What's going to happen at the Royal Rumble? Well, here's your opportunity to make some serious money and win some awesome prizes just for predicting what you already know. So once again, go to WrestleRumble.com, sign up for the Pick'em Contest, and also make sure to follow them on Twitter, at WrestleRumble, to stay up to date with all their contests. With that all being said, kick back, relax, and enjoy this conversation with myself and Righteous Jesse talking Southern Underground Pro Wrestling here on the Fight Talk Podcast.
Thank you for hitting the download and subscribe button on iTunes and Google Play. This is Steven Jensen. You're listening to the Fight Talk Podcast. Today I have Righteous Jesse back in studio. I guess we'll call it in studio. It's my apartment. I like to say in studio to make it sound make it sound a little more official. Um, it's got a great view. We got a great view of the parking lot from my second story uh, condo. I uh, got Jesse here. He is the owner of Southern Underground Professional Wrestling, Sup Graps. Here in the Nashville area, returning guests of the show. Uh, we were talking a little bit before we started getting recording, but uh, just for the sake of the fans, Jesse, how have you been since the last time we talked, man? Man, this week, busy. Uh, we're just about a month out from the show. So Monday t- and today, this is uh, what, Wednesday? Today is Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, my day's off from work, so uh, unfortunately I'm not uh, able to live off Southern Underground Pro money yet. Uh, it's coming though. Maybe it's one day. Sure coming. It's so I've uh, been spending these off days doing promotion. Uh, met up with my good friend Stephen McCash on Monday. Uh, put up flyers all over East Nashville. Uh, some people would say that's a bit of a lost art amongst promoters. Uh, I try. You know, I grew up going into comic book stores or like different wrestling shows and seeing flyers for all these different wrestling shows, or even coming out to the car and there's a flyer for another wrestling show on your car. So. I know you guys are known for that, too. Yeah, we've we've done that a couple (laughs) times. That's my Southern promoter tactics. Smart. Um, You know, like, what better place to fly for a wrestling show than at a wrestling show? Yeah, it just makes sense. Right. For sure. So, uh, just been out, putting up flyers. uh, Picked up the few physical tickets that we have for the show uh, today from Basement East. So, you know, just grinding, man. Grinding. Trying to get the word out. Make this our biggest show yet. it was kind of like, to us, it seemed like kind of an unassuming card. And I don't want to, like, downplay anything, but, like, there's no Joey Janela, you know. We came off of, like, a really chaotic ending, and it's a four-month break, which is pretty terrifying for me, honestly. Like, if you go back and listen to The Card is Going to Change, which is the IW podcast, uh, John Thorne talks about how they took a bit of a break, and he was terrified going back. And I don't, I think they had, like, a nine-week break, which is, what, like, two-ish months? Are you scared, like, attendance-wise? Yeah, okay. like... Until we announced the, like, I was super scared before we announced the card, and then, like, the card got announced, and it got, like, way more traction than we expected, um, and then just, like, Stephen McCash showing me all these places to flyer in East Nashville, like, I'm, I'm still nervous, but I don't think we've ever promoted this hard for a show, so I'm feeling good, but I'm still nervous, like, they say if you're not nervous, like, then why do it? Right. But, I mean, it's a little bit different when all the money's on the line. Yeah, for sure. You know, so I don't know. I'm feeling good. I'm excited. I'm ready. Like, I'm very happy that this card got as much attention as it did because, you know, there's no, like, there's no, like, uh, there's no Joey Janela. There's no, like, Brutal Bob Evans. Like, these guys have been, like, international and, like, on national TV, you know, so, like, I'm pretty excited. I'm really excited, actually. I'm excited, too. And once again, shout out to Stephen McCash. We're all thinking about you, man. Yes, sir. Wrestling community, we got your back. Um, man, well, it's called Achy Breaky Heart. Is yeah. that am I correct on that name? You guys always have the uh the names that stand out for all your shows. So uh somebody um somebody hit us up on Twitter and asked us when we were gonna do a nineties themed country show. Uh the original name for the show was I Choo Choo Choose You. Yep. Um but uh I I somehow always kind of come up with the names. Like, it's never intentional. I'm just like, hey, can we name the show this? And Koo is very gracious and just, like, letting me have free reign with that. Um, so the 90s country thing hit, like, was asked. And I was like, how could like how could we play that into February? And I was like, achy, breaky heart. It's right. A, it's a perfect fit. 
So we kept the I choose 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 you match stipulations in place, um, and I'm sure we'll talk more about that. Oh yeah. But uh, my buddy Mason, who does graphic design work, he he he's done uh, I think all of our flyers, but the first one, first and second one maybe. Um, he knocked it out of the park. Like he is very fair in his prices, and I feel like he may even be undercharging us for the work that he does because like this is my favorite flyer he's done. It's it's perfect. Oh, yeah, man. It's good stuff. And if you want to check out the flyer, it's all over uh, the Twitter page yep. at SUP underscore GRAPS, correct? Yes, sir. Um, well, shit, let's just get into some of the show, man. Um, you mentioned, like, the I choose 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 you stipulation. Yep. If you want to start there. So we knew going into this that we couldn't have Kurt defend the title unless it was against Dom. Yeah, because there was a big issue going on right now where dom won the number one contendership mm-hmm. a little while back right um but he did not wrestle for the title at the last show right and that was in part because kurt was already booked on another show uh that turned out to be a fake show being Canuck pro yeah that was a whole fucking man i remember you were sitting in that seat actually or that day that you mm-hmm. found out because we were both kind of sitting here and you were like dude this is this is fucked this is fucked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I think I actually texted Kurt at that time and was like, do you know about this? And he was like, what? Right. Did they cancel? And I was like, no, bro, it's not even real. Um, so Kurt was initially scheduled for that show in Canada. Um, so he wasn't going to be appearing for us. And then he was free. So, you know, we worked it out to where Kurt came down. Uh, Dominic was already in a match that he had requested against Corey Hollis. Um, and Kurt had already wrestled Paco. And Paco had got the win over Kurt. So Kurt had put out this open challenge. Paco accepted. We decided, well, if Paco's already got the W over Kurt in Glory Pro, might as well make this a title match. He's, you know, just as deserving as anybody else. He's already got he's already beaten the champion. So we put that match on. That upset Dom, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. He, he cut a promo on that right. in the ring uh, to you while you're on the stage, while yeah. you're doing your announcing duties. Made everyone very uncomfortable. He in went the in arena. on me. Dom in the arena, in the bar, I dude, should say. Dom could have easily just snapped my arms, but instead he just snapped my pride. <laughs> um, so, you know, we did that. Dom's upset. That goes into the whole ending of the show, basically, where everybody's just pissed at us. Uh... So, we knew going into this show in February that we couldn't have Kurt defend the title if it wasn't against Dom, and that's something that we really wanted to save for the first anniversary show, because it's probably one of the biggest matches that we've had at this point. Like, names aside, just the build to it has been fucking insane. Well, and we're talking, you know, Kurt Stallion and Dominic Garini, who are our names in our circles yeah. big, big names in this area especially Don um, just had a huge match with evolve yep like, I, I saw him i saw that he was working there recently great stuff guy who has a legitimate brazilian jiu-jitsu background mm-hmm. i mean he's a legit i, I talked to him after the last sub show because i knew his i don't want to call it a gimmick because it isn't a gimmick he's right. he's legitimate but i didn't realize how extensively he had trained oh, yeah. going before he was a professional wrestler and then he was trained by a big – who was he trained by? I, I saw he was uh, – I need to look this up. I can't because of the recording. Right. But I saw he was trained by a really, really great wrestler, and I cannot for the life of me remember who it Johnny was. Johnny Gargano. He was that from, who it was? He came from the AIW Yes, Academy. that was it. That was it. Um, it was Johnny and Candace. So, you know, Johnny and Candace both now with the WWE. Uh, he's, been a, he's been able to send under a great learning tree. 
Um, and plus all the all the special trainers that AIW's brought in, like they take their training very seriously. Uh, but that's not to slight Kurt Stallion, who has recently appeared for AIW, has been a, a mainstay at AAW, which is, you know, they've been a, I actually listened to the, the PWE Ponderings newscast, and, you know, they talk about how AAW's been around for so long, um, and, I mean, they have been around for a very long time, but it's like they're they're finally bursting that bubble, and, like, more and more people are starting to know about them, thanks to, like, High Spots Network and, and Powerbomb TV and all that. So these are two guys that have really just been like, really been like fighting and scratching and clawing to make a name for themselves on the independent scene. And they've both done so in like different areas of the country where Dom has been like mostly like Midwest and Northeast. Kurt has been a lot of like Texas area, a little bit of like a lot of Midwest actually. And then the Southeast with like New South and punk pro and i mean dom's done some punk pro stuff too but like their pads have been, been like somewhat intertwined and like sup was like the destination for them to meet so now you know we couldn't have kurt defend the title against anybody else we wanted to save that for the for the year show um because it's it's special to us oh it's special know? to the fans too man. i'm fucking looking forward to it man kurt has held the title for nearly a year at this point in april if you know, if nothing happens between now and April, he will have held the title for a year, which is our first champion being the only champion for a year. To me, like I'm a huge fan of long title reigns. Me too. It's something that I feel is very lost in wrestling. Look at New Japan Pro Wrestling. I right. mean, their their titles are more valuable than any other titles I think in wrestling because exactly. of because of that exactly. So, and Dom like he has any or Kurt like he's defended the title at pretty much every single sub show. I think this will be the first one where he hasn't defended it, and he's defended it in Texas. For a iconic heroes wrestling excellence, I think is the name. I hope I didn't. I think that you're up. right. I I know what company you're talking. I think right. you said that correctly. Um. So he's defended it outside of the state. Um. And he's like he's really been proud of putting this company on his back. Like he told me that this is like one of the first chances he's had for a company to really invest this much in it, which like means a lot to me because we all think the world of Kurt as a wrestler. So the idea behind this stipulation. Since, like I've said a million times now, Kurt can't defend the title against anybody else at this point. Like, if we if we had him defend the title, I really think that Dominic Green would just snap my neck. Yeah, I Rightfully think you're right. So. Especially considering the end of last show, which I'm sure we'll get to shortly. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, we decided, um, since we have both men on the show, why not let them select each other's opponents? And when we got the responses back from these guys, it was like, oh, like, okay, like, this is, this is going to make for some really great matches. Kurt selected... KLD for Dominic, which is going to be a hell of a match. Yep. Um, Kevin Lee Davidson. Yep, Kevin yep. Lee Davidson, uh, past guest of this show. Of course, yep. Big shout-out <laughs> to KLD. I always appreciate the time he gives me. Great dude. Sure. Um, and then Dominic selected uh, somebody who's been kind of seen as a gatekeeper for Southern Underground Pro and AJ Gray for Kurt. Fucking love AJ Gray, man. And if you go back and watch the last show, AJ Gray is one of the last people you see come out. To chase off Kurt, Angelus, Brett. Yep. Or not Kurt, Dom, Angelus, yeah. Brett. Uh, so I think, it, it like, in the way he worded it to us, he didn't come out and say it, but it just seems like a fuck you to Kurt for uh, Dom to pick AJ to wrestle Kurt. It's a huge opportunity for AJ. And I know that AJ is going to do everything he can to shine in that moment. So we got two great matches out of it. I think kind of uh, not not necessarily unexpected, I mean, Dom's was more unexpected than Kurt's choice, but, you know, it'll 
it'll be a fucking it'll be a wild night for sure dude i'm so excited man like these matches sound great you know you mentioned aj that's you know aj gray who mm-hmm. you know he's one of those dudes he's he's a unique guy man like because he's he's like i don't know what the right i don't i don't know i don't know how to describe him he's like he's a high flyer but he's a powerful dude he's a big guy but he's not tall right you know what i mean like it but he hits and now <laughs> just goddamn scary well it, best uh, best nickname in wrestling today rich homie juice is I the cool it. i love that name i told him last time i tried to buy one of his shirts he didn't have one in an xl for me i was like man make sure you got some xls next time because right. i want to rock some rich homie juice gear but uh I was actually uh, tweeting with him during the uh, New Japan Wrestle Kingdom 12 show because mm-hmm. Kota Ibushi hits this ridiculously sweet Phoenix Splash in that match mm-hmm. to end the match, and he's tweeting about like, man, I could just I could never make it look that good. And I'm over <laughs> here going, come on, man, you do yours two quarters away down the ring though. I mean, what you do at your size is. Like, I mean, I'm not going to say he's more impressive than Abushi. It's, it's apples to oranges. Right. Like, Abushi is Abushi. I mean, the guy's insane. But, like, AJ Gray does his Phoenix Splash, like, almost all the way across the ring. Because if he doesn't, he's going to land on uh, knees first. Because we've, oh. we've seen that happen, too, to some of his opponents Dude. that got a little too close. So, you know. It, it's mind-blowing to me the stuff that AJ can and will do in, like... I want more people to book him, not just for that, but, like, he adds a lot of depth to any roster. Oh, I couldn't like, agree more. Yeah. He, he says he's, like, the necessary ignorance of professional wrestling. I, I really think that just about any show would thrive with just a little more ignorance if you just book AJ. Because, one, he's just really fun to be around. Two, he's a great wrestler. And three, like, if you give him a chance, if you give him the ball, he's going to run with it. I mean, yeah. AIW saw that firsthand. Those are the kind of guys you want, man. Those exactly. guys are going to seize his opportunities. He made a, a he had a really great showing for himself at the uh, Scenic City Trios Tournament too. Mm-hmm. I saw, of course, uh, Team Sup was there. Yep. Uh, took on Team Glory Pro, I believe, in the first round. Yeah. Um, it was a loss, but it's almost like it's a lo- well. And Team Glory Pro wound up winning the whole thing. Right. But the kind of the captain of Team Glory Pro was your own champion, man. Kurt Stallion. So I mean, it was I was so conflicted while I was watching because because I'm a Kurt Stallion guy, right? But I'm also there in a Southern Underground shirt. You know what I right. mean? So yeah, it was that was interesting when we found out who Team Glory Pro was going to be. Like we were just like, man, our own champion, like gunning to take us out in this tournament. And I mean, there's no shame in losing to the winning team, right? You know, like that team was just literally built to destroy so i mean yeah gary j kurt stallion and myron reed like uh, that's three of like the best names like from the midwest and the southeast and well, in between and gary j is one of your guys too exactly i mean that's another sub dude yeah uh, myron reed is somebody who i mean i think every promotion has eyes on at this point at yeah. least from like chicago to you know like the northeast and the southeast like i'm sure he'll make his way out west very soon um so there's I mean, yeah, we went out first round, but we went out to the winning team, so it, it takes a little bit of the sting out. I can live with it. Or, At least we were there. Oh, dude, it we was showed up. It was fun, man. It was a great show for the fans. It was the the matches were great. You know, this isn't a podcast about the SCI, but I will say that if and when that's available online, people need to check out that that trios tournament I was at because I know it isn't on Powerbomb TV yet. Um, and I hope it will be soon because there was a lot of great wrestling from a lot of different promotions. And for fans that are listening to this that might not be as familiar with kind of the, 
the indie wrestling scene, I guess, you know, these are guys that you really need to be keeping your eyes on because these are the guys that you wind up seeing in Evolve and you wind up seeing in Ring Some of them already work for Evolve. Some right. some that you see in Ring of Honor or have already done some stuff with Ring of Honor. These are the, the future NXT signings. These are the future, I mean, and these guys are putting on, I'm not just saying this to blow smoke because you're here. I say it on my show all the time. If you gave me a WWE show, like you showed me that card right now, like the best WWE matches you could put on right now, and then showed me a roster of guys full of SUP guys, SCI guys, Glory Pro guys, I guarantee you, wrestling-wise, the SCI Glory Pro SUP show blows the WWE show out of the water pro wrestling-wise. Right. Like, like in-ring-wise, it's so... It's like it makes me a fan again, man. Like it's one of those things where, like, you can. For me, it's like thirty years old. Because I'm saying this because I know there's a lot of people that listen to this that are in my boat. Right. Like, you have all these complaints, like myself, about WWE or Roman Reigns <laughs> or or John Cena or you know Impact Wrestling or whatever it is. You know, I'm not endorsed by Powerbomb TV in any way, shape, or form. But for ten bucks a month, you can find some fucking awesome wrestling that oh. will make you a fan again. I am slightly endorsed by Powerbomb TV, so if you want to check it out, you can use code SUPGRAPS for a 20-day free trial. <laughs> there you go. Slide that in there. And uh, if you guys stay signed up after that 20 days, then uh, Southern Underground Pro gets a, a kickback from your subscription, which means we can bring in bigger names and, you know, maybe run bigger venues or, you know, do other things. So Guess you use that code to sign up for Powerbomb TV. Oh, my man. My man. That was, that was me right here. I made sure to do that for you guys. I appreciate um, that. No worries. I was going to do it anyways. I was going to sign up anyways, but then when I realized you guys can get a little kickback as well, I made sure to put that promo code in. So once again, that's promo code. Subgraps. S-U-P-G-R-A-P-S. On Powerbomb.tv. Man. Um, so what's next? What do you got next in the show, man? So uh, one thing that we're all really excited about is, of course, Angelus Lane has been a fucking destructive force oh, on our beast. shows. She's a beast. She fucked up Kevin Kuh with some Legos in the last Dude, show. She, she's a monster. Uh, and I say that in the most respectful way possible. Of course. I say she's um, a beast, but shit, <laughs> that's because she can whoop my ass. <laughs> um, Angelus has been there, and even though she has literally destroyed everything she can get her hands on, uh, one of the things that I have really enjoyed about having Angelus there, um, if you take a look at our crowd, there's a lot of women at our show. Yep. Which, I, I remember one in a cane mask on the mm-hmm. last show, hanging out with the Daniel Bryan. That, yep. was, you know, that was cool. Um, we love that. Yeah. And we think it's important for women to have strong a strong presence on our show. So Angelus has been great for that, even though she's literally raised as much hell as possible. When she wrestles men on the show. It's true. So. so with this show, we are very excited to announce that we have our first women's match. All right. With Good Kylie Ray and Alley Cat. Uh, two women who have... Since 2017, just had, like, incredible years. Alley Cat relocated to uh, the St. Louis area. Kylie, I believe, is Chicago-based, does a lot with freelance, and she's been getting out there a lot. Her and Alley Cat have both had, like, I'm going to say within the last six to nine months, just had, like, phenomenal runs. They've both been everywhere. Um, I'm not entirely sure if they've crossed paths yet, but this match has gotten, like, this announcement alone has gotten a lot of attention. Like, we, we made a tweet the other day, uh just like hyping up the match and like it even caught the attention of Delilah Doom who was like oh two of my favorites are wrestling each other so like that's cool for us because that shows that like Delilah Doom has been like on the up and up for a while so somebody like her you know she's taking notice of what we're doing so that's cool um it's 
we've we've always just wanted to play, you know, equality is really big in wrestling, especially right now. So we wanted to make sure that women were obviously like with our card, it's male dominant. But well, we well, well, to be fair, most wrestling, unless it's like a women's promotion, right. most cards are going to be. Right. So it's not like you guys are excluding exactly. women. Exactly. Sure. We would never want to do that. But uh, we finally had the opportunity to have a women's match. Um, and I think that I don't think we could have picked two better women for our first women's match. And hopefully this opens the door to more women's wrestling in Southern Underground Pro. And maybe, I know Nova Pro just announced that they're not just, but like recently announced that they're doing an all-women's show. Maybe down the line we could do something. We've talked about it before, either doing like more intergender wrestling or like a straight-up intergender card or a straight-up women's wrestling card. But, you know, like this match could easily lead to that. So, well, I know this area, they're going to be doing the uh, Making Towns Classic, mm-hmm. an all-women's tournament yep. run by who? Papa Hales, Papa and, Hales and Jeremy Snyder. Jeremy Snyder. Is that number one traveling fan, Jeremy yeah. Snyder? I never... Uh, sorry, sorry, dude. sorry, Jeremy, I, that I forgot your name. I know you mainly from Twitter, but we've, we've talked in person at mm-hmm. Southern Underground. I've seen him at uh, Glory Pro. Mm-hmm. Um, he's all over the place. Super, super nice guy. But he doesn't have his name on any of his social media stuff. So, like, really. I'd, I'd never think of his name. So, Jeremy. Yep. Jeremy Schneider. Yep. We definitely want to make sure, give him a shout-out. And I think Papa Hales was, he, he just had a surgery or something. or uh, I something. believe he just had an eye surgery recently, yeah. So, you know, shout-out to him, too. This is, I want to make sure we, we bring these names up because, like, this is, while pro wrestling is a big thing, like, it's a pretty tight-knit community of people. Yeah. Like, you wind up seeing a lot of the same guys and a lot of the stuff and, and, you know, we all got to have each other's backs. So, you know, shout out to all these guys. You know, we talked about Steve McCash, talked about Jeremy, talked about Papa Hales. You know, like, make sure if you know these guys on social media and stuff, stay up to date with what they're doing because there's a lot of really, really cool stuff going on. Right. And one of those things is the Making Town Classic. So so there's going to be more and more of a women's wrestling presence in Nashville. I know they started the uh, Ring of Honor Women's Tournament here in Nashville, uh, the show that you were at uh, this past Saturday. Of course, Ring of Honor being a bigger promotion, not Nashville-based, but, you know, we're getting a lot of good women's, women's wrestling around True. here. So. Anytime Kelly Klein comes to Nashville, I'm happy because Kelly Klein is a legitimate badass. So uh, we got to see her wrestle, uh, former guest of my podcast. Uh, she's always been really sweet to us every time we've seen her. So, and I'm glad that we've been on the, the sweet end of that rather than her beating our asses. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, Kelly Kelly's great, and it was cool getting to see her wrestle at Ring of Honor on Saturday, too. Um, and it's just like it's a really cool time for like like you said we had the start of the Women of Honor tournament in Nashville and then I mean obviously no relation but we're we're having our first women's match in SUP and it's here in Nashville and the Making Towns Classic later what this like spring summer yeah I think it was May yeah. I believe yeah um, so like there's just there's a lot of women's wrestling in Nashville right now and it's really cool um, and I don't, I don't know, like, if people are going to realize that the Women of Honor stuff took place in Nashville, since they do, like, three or four tapings at a time. Sure. But still, like, we know. And that's cool for us to know. Because um, that's a lot of the same know. crowd. Like, exactly. a lot of people that were at Ring of Honor will show up at Southern Underground. Yeah, Those are, like, actually, the hardcore wrestling fans. You know? I got quite a few people coming up to me at Ring of Honor, and they were talking to me. Uh, um, fuck, what was I going to say? Like, quite, like, quite a few people came up, and they were just like, can't wait for the show. The card looks great. And... You know, that's flattering for us because, you know, like I, like I said earlier, there's no, like, huge name on the card. So for people to be excited about the the people that we've kind of, and I don't want to take full credit for this, but the people we've kind of built in this area, like, that's awesome. Because we were also told at the very beginning that what we were doing would not take off here in Nashville. 
So to go to another show and be told, like, hey, I'm excited for your show, even if, it, if it's, like, two, three, four, five people, like, still, like, I kind of feel like that shouldn't be happening because of all the naysayers we had in the beginning, so. Well, you're in a good cool. spot because I feel like, you know, this is from an outsider looking in that has, you know, general knowledge of kind of the pro wrestling business, not to any, like, serious extent, but I would imagine that you're in a better situation if the promotion is the draw versus the talent being the draw. Right. You know what I mean? So if people know that Southern Underground is coming, like, just knowing that Sup's going to be there being the draw has got to be... Like, that takes so much weight off of your own shoulders of, like, needing to put yourself into some pressured situation where, like, you feel like you have to sign a bigger name to come in mm -hmm. or you have... You know that, like, hey, Sup... Sup is sup. People right. know it. People know it's going to be a good show. We got a good re reputation, no matter who we've got. And I don't know. I think I think that you guys have built out a really great thing for yourselves. And also, I talked to some of the employees from the basement east when I was at the last show, mm -hmm. and they fucking love you guys. Dude, like they were like, dude, fucking Sunday afternoon. We can't ask for anything better than this. Like packed house, people coming in, buying drinks. We got wrestling. Like. That we're I mean, in and out before, like, we're, we come in as early as we can. Uh, we might show up a couple minutes early. They let us in. We try to get everything set up, get everything knocked out. And then I think we had to be out by 6 last time. I think we were out, like, 30, 45 minutes early, which I know from working at a venue, like, that's a dream come true. And they also had another show that night. So we didn't interrupt anything that they had going on. Yeah, the employees had a little bit of a longer day, but our shows our shows are so easy, man. Like, they just got to chill. They pretty much just get a free show. Uh they take great care of us. Like, Cobra Cobra was a lot of fun. I loved running shows at Cobra because it was just so intimate and, like, it just felt like the punk shows that I used to go to. Like, literally walking into Cobra with the rinks up and all, like, 80 people packed in. Like, it literally felt like this venue we used to have here called The Muse, which was kind of just, like, a shithole. And not saying that the Cobra's a shithole at all, but, like, just the way it felt in there. Like, it felt, like, so, um, like, going to the shows that I used to go to, like, you kind of, like, thrived off that fear of, like, Am I going to get beat up tonight? Or, like, who's going to get beat up tonight? Like, what's going to happen? So, like, walking in there and kind of getting that same, like, wave of emotion, like, it was really cool. But now, like, the basement is just such, it's a, such a perfect venue. Like, it's, nobody ever thought to run wrestling there. And then, I think it was maybe Kevin or his wife had the idea. And it's just been, like, the perfect meeting. They've been so good to us. I drove, I went by there early to pick up the tickets talked to the lady that we've been working with we talked for a few minutes and she said she was really excited for the show that makes me really excited for the show because you know like you don't want to be working with a venue that hates you and it's like oh i can't wait to be done with this they're just here to pay like whatever and get us out like i actually feel like we have a relationship with them which is really cool dude i i couldn't agree more man like that was actually the first thing that i i asked like right when i came into the last show right before i watched that bud heavy that i heard you God. talking about on your uh, on your podcast the kick out of two podcast cheap plug i uh I didn't realize you didn't drink. You didn't drink heavy beer, so like, I, <laughs> I drink that though. <laughs> you did drink it. Oh yeah. I uh, I heard you on your own podcast uh, afterwards when you were talking, um, and you gave me a shout out, so I appreciate that. But you, but you were like, yes, yeah, even Jensen even hit me with the uh, the Bud Heavy, and yeah. I drank it. You know, I was like, oh, well, I would have bought you a fucking light beer. Dude, if I, I catch so much shit for liking light beers. I don't even care. Well, I do too, man. I'm drinking a Coors Light as we're as we're speaking, but. Uh, I'm a Coors Light guy, and if a place doesn't have a Coors Light and Bud Heavy, Bud Heavy is an option, that's usually my go-to. Oh, yeah. Um, Trust me, I'm not picky. <laughs> I'm not picky at all, especially if someone's handing me a beer. When I didn't realize that Mance was coming up next, either the light beer would have been perfect, because <laughs> you could have announced that you were drinking a light beer 
Right. Man, you know, I didn't even think about it. Old Manser. Old Manser. Oh, shit. Well, do you want to talk about him? Is, is he going to be on the next show? Oh, yes, he okay, is. Okay, let's and talk about that. As a fan, I am really excited for this one because him and, him and his opponent have gone to great lengths to build a story for their match. Um, so, we decided that this... We booked the Carnies, but we booked them mostly as singles because it doesn't happen very often. So, it's kind of a treat for kind of us, kind of them, because, you know... You want to be able to, like, sharpen your skills. You know, you never know. Like, there was a situation where Kerry couldn't make a show. I think it was last year, and Nick had to wrestle a singles match. You never know when stuff like that's going to happen. So you always want to be on your up and up. So we booked them as singles wrestlers most of the time. And Nick has a singles match on this show. But Kerry is wrestling Mance Warner. So Kerry Awful versus Mance Warner. Kerry's the bigger of the two, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. The yeah. Dogface guard. Nick Yagi is the dude who's hilarious on the microphone that infuriated the fuck out of some woman at Southern Underground. Like, she wanted to attack him during the uh, the intermission, which was hilarious, by the way. Nick Yagi is the man. I have seen, uh, I've seen Nick call ladies sir. And, <laughs> like, I've seen legitimate old ladies take swings at Nick. Oh, it's the best. And it's, it's great. Like, it's, it's like true southern heckling and it i love it oh it's amazing shout out to the carnies man yeah. that shit was so funny when they, i saw that live oh they my just God. wrestled for bar wrestling and uh oh man i forget the other the other place but they were they wrestled two shows in california like this past weekend so good for them man they're like clarksville guys like you guys aren't nashville they? nashville nice yeah. very cool um so we booked uh carrie and mance because i don't think their pads have ever crossed in like a singles match or maybe at all they've always like been on the same shows or like been in the same areas um and they're very familiar with each other but mance is like a blast from the past like from the territory days and you know they there was this video that came out where mance was talking about the match talking about like everything coming up for him and then carrie comes in and carrie talks about i I believe it was his his uncle uh was a wrestling fan and mance came to town and like his carrie's aunt just like was all over mance and, like, that led to basically the demise of Carrie's aunt and uncle being together. And I mean, this is, this is a shoot? This is... This it, is not, <laughs> it, Sorry, I don't want to break kayfabe on this show, but Jesus Christ. It's not a okay, shoot, okay. but, like, gotcha. they went to such great lengths to create a story that's gotcha. so outlandish, but then uh, they, like, brought it right back down to a level where everybody could relate. And Carrie was like, I've been training for this pretty much my whole life. Like, I've been waiting to get my hands on you. And, like, I think I think the Basement East is going to get their first taste of a real Southern, like, just brawl. I with, love that, With man. Carrie and Mance. It's good. Like, I personally, as a fan, am just, like, super excited for that match. At the last show, Mance wrestled, was it Danny Adams? Mm-hmm. And I'm doing this with no notes, by the way. This is off the top of my head. <laughs> this is I'm a, I'm a real fan, guys. I'm not like some fucking Mark sitting here that's like just trying to hype Southern Underground. I'm a fucking huge fan. Um, Vance and Danny did a spot where they were uh, both sitting in chairs on the mm-hmm. outside of the ring and just slap fighting each other. Yep. I mean, that's like the perfect bar room. Vance is just – I mean, I'm not going to take anything away from Danny Adams. Right. You know, Danny Adams is a really good dude on the up and up. Uh, now one of the owners of Glory Pro. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mance is one of those dudes who, like, I just keep seeing and hearing about more and more and more and more, more and, like, what you were saying, he's a throwback to, like, he's got, like, the Confederate Southern dude gimmick, Man. but, like, his, he, he talks like Steve Austin, you know, Kinda, he's got, yeah. got, like, that, like, hey, you know, I'm gonna beat your ass, you right. know, like, and it's. I he's so entertaining, man. Larry I love Mance Warren. Larry and some light beers, man. Larry and some light beers. King of Big Dog style, medium sized man beast. Him and Carrie, like, 
it's gonna be a fight. I'm I'm very like I the shit talk in that match is gonna be top notch, and then like the fighting is gonna be incredible. It's just it's gonna be a great time. Man, I'm looking forward to that. Is is Nick Iggy wrestling on the show as well in a singles? Uh, yeah. This this is kind of one. Uh, we like to put Nick against the most handsome people we can find. Uh, so at the Stevie first show, Pierce? Yeah. Is that really it? Yeah. Oh my god, I didn't even know that. I when you when you said most handsome guy, I just like, I defaulted to the dude who I think <laughs> would think he's the most handsome. That's fucking hilarious. That's it. I was a, that was a, a legitimate guess. I obviously I keep you up keep up to date with you guys' shows, but right. I have not read through the card because I wanted to talk to you about sure. it neutrally today. It's actually Stevie. Yeah, Fierce. it's Stevie. Oh my so, god, that's uh, hilarious. The first show, the Battle for Bone Storm that we had, Nick was in a singles match against Alex Daniels, who was a very attractive man. Um, and <laughs> yes, and then. Uh, <laughs> This is going from two straight dudes. Exactly. By the way. <laughs> um, no shame here. No, not at all. Um, so we, funny. when we were putting this card together, we were like, okay, well, we have the carnies. Who can we put Nick against? Because Manson, Manson Carey was pretty much just like, this is happening. And then we were like, well, we have Nick. What do we do with Nick? Well, why don't we put Nick and Stevie together? Nick, Nick says he's the most adorable, you know, most adorable person alive. Stevie, you know, very vain, you know, yeah. comes out with the mirror, does the whole. The whole shit. The narcissist deal. Yeah. Yeah, So, like, why not have the Battle of the Beautiful 2? You know, we've got Stevie Fierce, who was the freelance champion. He's, I believe he's about to go to Mexico again. Maybe, I I think he was just in Canada, did a little tour up in Canada, like a good three-day run. Um, Wrestles all over the place. And Nick, you know, one half of the carnies there from the northeast, now to the west, all over the southeast, the midwest, like, both of these guys, again, are extremely well-traveled. Um, it's just... The banter in that match, too, is going to be great. Like The Carney singles matches, I think, will be two of the most entertaining matches that maybe come out of SUP this year. Oh, wow. That's because, a bold statement. Yeah, I mean, like, both of them... Carrie and Nick both know exactly what they need to do and when they need to do it. And then the people that we're putting them with, you know, same same situation. Right. Like... The the guys in these matches are really just so good at equal parts banter and wrestling. So it's just, I think it's fun for everybody at that point. Oh, yeah. These, these are all students of the game, too, oh, yeah. man. Like, I know just from uh, talking very briefly to Stevie uh, Stevie Fierce on Twitter every now and then, mm-hmm. I know he stays up late at night watching Velocity. You know, watching, like, obscure wrestling. Trained by Brian Kendrick. Trained by Brian Kendrick. Has been to Japan. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Wow, been to Japan. Uh, if you if you go back and look at some of his pictures, I believe recently he posted uh, maybe on Twitter or Instagram, maybe both, uh, like throwbacks from when he was in Japan. Um, he's done Canada, Japan, Mexico. Like he's and he can't be any more than like in his mid twenties, right? I mean, he's... I'm ninety percent sure I'm older than Stevie. I'm pretty sure we're both older than. Stevie. We have to. How old are you? I'll be thirty this year. Me too. Yeah, yeah. in May I'll be thirty. I'll be so 30 in November. Um. Yeah, he's, he has to be younger than us, for sure. I'm, like, 90% sure he is. Yeah, it makes me feel great about myself. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, shout out to Stevie Fierce, you fucking asshole. <laughs> you beautiful asshole. Don't tell you beautiful, beautiful asshole. Um, you're the man, dude. Keep doing what you're doing. All, all these guys we're talking about are fucking great. Uh, what's next on the card, Jess? Uh, let's go ahead and talk about this one. Um, so we have, uh, we've kind of been known for the multi-man matches as of late. Yep. Oh, and by the way, there's the train in the background. <laughs> um, that happens almost every episode. I owe you a beer at SUP. If you, if you listen to this show, 
I hope not. Well, I hope a lot of people listen to it. But if, if you if you if you listened if you listen to this episode and you heard the train, I will buy you one free beer at the Southern Underground show. So Might that's a little broke, brother. Little ins- <laughs> I might. You know what? For your sake, I hope that I do go broke that night because I hope there's a big a big house and I hope that there's a lot of people to listen to this. Support the bar. Support uh, Fight Talk podcast. Support Southern Underground Pro and fuck that train. Yeah, fuck that train. <laughs> it, it'll be done any second. Oh, but yeah. we'll, just, we'll just keep talking. You know about. Blah 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 while it goes by so that uh, we was, don't we don't miss any good conversation. I was you know? thinking that was the train that used to run by my old house, the Nashville Star, which literally runs for like two seconds. Yeah, it's gonna be gone like any second now. This is always the best when it happens during when I'm doing a phone interview oh, and it's the intro. Like it'll be like, oh man, I, hey, how's it going, man? They'll tell what? the fans how you been. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking train, man. All right, man. it's gone. It's gone. Cool. Uh, so we've we've kind of built up a reputation for doing these multi-man matches, multi-person matches. Um, so with this one, we have uh, all returns uh, with Matt Nix, freelance mainstay, uh, Donovan Danhausen, who has really been making waves. He just got announced for AAW in, I believe, LaSalle, Illinois. Reminds me a lot of like Darby Allen. Yeah, you know, I, if, okay. if, you guys, if you guys are familiar with Darby, Darby's another dude who's like really starting to break yeah. out and evolve and stuff. He's doing um, a lot of cool shit. Yeah, good stuff. Um, Danny Adams, who's also returning. He we talked about his match with Mance at the last show. Yep, um, had a great showing. Uh, another guy who's I feel like really coming into his own over the past six months to a year. Um, and then. Possibly the most over person at the last show in Slutty Cat, Josh Bishop. Oh, yeah, yeah. Slutty Cat's the man. Slutty Cat, I mean, when he came out for that Battle Royal as Slutty Cat, he was made. Now, I need to ask you to, I'm going to pull the curtain back sure. a little bit. Um, was that just like, uh, hey, we're doing the, <coughs> excuse me, we're doing the Battle Royal, and he was just like, kind of on him. the spot, he was just like, yeah, like, he, he, he had never done anything like this before, no. right? Because I don't know a lot about Josh Bishop, I'll be honest. But what I knew about him coming into that mm-hmm. is that he was a really likable guy, mm-hmm. like like from a fan and uh, like a business perspective. Sure. Like the the reputation that I heard of him was that he gets over with crowds really quickly, mm-hmm. and that he's a really good babyface. He's a real he's a really likable guy. So I didn't know anything but that going into into this, you know, because no. because he wrestled for a sub outside of that also hasn't he not just as slutty cat august i think he was there yes because i remember seeing him before but then when i saw him again i was like this guy looks familiar yeah he was there in august it was it was another multi-person setup um so basically we have the ring set up and we're like kind of rolling around and doing whatever and he walks in and he was like i've got my costume for the for the battle royal and we're like okay what what is it he's like i'm gonna be slutty cat had no idea like what he was gonna do uh, then he comes out with the ears and the, the paint and the slutty cat on his chest. And holy fuck, did that get over. It was like, great. It, it was, was great. like, it was funny because he was the, like, there was no, like, you have to dress up for this. So he took the initiative to do that on it. Like, that was all him. And then it was like the most simple thing he could have thought to do. And it turned out to be like the most over thing of the night just about. And if so. you haven't seen it, we're literally talking about a dude who wore cat ears and just drew whiskers on his face yeah. and wrote the word slutty cat on his chest. It was great. And, but, but he was doing like the cat mannerisms. <laughs> he was like licking his paws during the match and shit. I'm great. actually, I'm going to take two seconds to go back to that battle royal uh, and put something over. If you go, like, if you go back on Powerbomb TV and watch the battle royal, the trick or treat battle royal, uh, there are two guys that I think have a really, like, they have really good chemistry and it's something that I would like to expand upon and sub you know, later down the line if possible. And uh, it's a local guy, Mike Cobb and Mance Warner. Like, they just go at it. Like, I don't know if that, like, 
was on anybody else's radar, but I like I was pretty drunk during commentary. Yeah. And uh, like I'm not even gonna lie. And I remember seeing it then, and then I went back and watched it again, like on Powerbomb, because I was like, did this was this really as good as I remember? Or was I just really fucked up? But it was like, like battle royals are super hard for like, especially if you've never been somewhere. Like it's super hard to make an impression. And I felt like personally. And I've seen Mike Cobb wrestle outside of stuff for different promotions like SWF and different places in Tennessee. Uh, but I felt like Mike Cobb had a really good showing in that battle royal, and he's somebody that I'd actually really like to bring back to SUP at some point when you know spots free up. So nice. Yeah, um, if you if you go back and watch that battle royal, feel free to tweet at me and let me know what you think of uh, Mance Warner and uh, Mike Cobb. Definitely do exchange. that. I need to I need to give that a rewatch. I've I've rewatched the show. Obviously, I was there live, but I've I rewatched the show. On Powerbomb. I gotta, I gotta take a look at that. Yeah. Um, and speaking of people who like to drink during their, uh, during their shows, I won't name any names, but if he's listening to the show right now, there's a certain glory pro personality that loves to drink pictures of beer during the show. Oh. And I, and I know this because I go and I run the, the pictures for him. So, Uh-oh. um, but it's all good shit, man. Who can't, I'm not throwing anyone on the bus. It's, it's obviously allowed, you know? I'll tell you, uh, before my match with Tank, I had uh, two tall boys and a shot of vodka, and I don't drink liquor, so <laughs> I was like, this is going to suck. What have I got myself into? So uh, You also destroyed your back that night, didn't you? I destroyed a lot of stuff that yeah, night. Yeah, that probably, that probably made that juice come out a little bit easier, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus yeah, Christ. You're nuts, man. I know we're going to talk about it soon, but I don't want to forget to mention, like at the end of the last show when you know the guys did yeah. what they did to you, you fucking screeched. <laughs> like, you yelled. When it was hat like like when the new like oh, so Fred Ison's got a fork in your head God damn, and dude. you just a bone chilling fucking he scarred me yelling like... for for mercy yeah I can see yeah. it man. and holy shit like that was like that was a legitimate like because you know not to throw anyone on the bus but I had I was kind of clued into sure. kind of the idea of what was going on right. that night and so I was expecting this you know but when it happened i was like oh fuck jesse are you okay like i asked you after the show if you were okay like i made sure to text you i texted you and i sent a message to bonnaroo brit also uh-huh. who i barely know i only know through association <laughs> with you just so and like i don't know if i messaged her or if i just asked her in person i can't remember now but either way i remember reaching out to Brittany and being like is jesse okay like was this like that he that sounded fucking brutal and it looked fucking brutal and my god man so I guess we'll just go ahead and talk about it now. Um, so at the end of the show, uh, Angelus and Kevin like had an impromptu deal. Um, and as I'm about to like reluctantly declare her the winner of the altercation, cause it really wasn't even a match. Um, she kind of just like points behind me and I like, I fucking didn't know what she was doing. The next thing I know, I get turned around kicked to the gut, tossed off the stage. Uh, and then it was Brett. I remember being in the air for what felt like forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, how high would you say that stage is? Like two, three feet? Eh, two, three feet? No, it's higher than that. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, probably up to... I I don't want to misquote, right. but yeah, yeah, higher than two or three feet. Either way, it was, it was a drop from the stage into what I could really liken to like a Japanese table. Like it was, it wasn't a, it wasn't like a gimmick, like like solder, and it was a plastic fucking card table, basically that did not break on impact. Like you hit that thing, the the legs might have folded, but you fucking just ricocheted off. Dude, I I remember being in the air, and I I remember hitting the table because the impact on the table really like it didn't hurt that bad, but it also like it was very jarring at the same time. So 
I remember being in the air, hitting the table, bouncing, and I was just like, where the fuck am I? Like, I felt like I was, like, right by the stage, and then I opened my eyes, and I see the ring, and I was like, holy fuck, I went really far. Yeah. Like, had no clue that I could just bounce that far. Then the next thing I know, I'm like, I really thought my left arm was broken, which sucks, because I'm left-handed, and what I do for work is cooking. So, yeah. if I can't use my arm, I'm fucked. I'm out of work. And, like, I just remember thinking my arm was, like, legitimately broken. Um, luckily, it wasn't. And the next thing I know is fucking Brett's, like, picking me up, and I've got fucking fork stabbed into my head, and, like, legitimately being stabbed into my head. And then he finally, like, leaves me, which comes into, like, why we're doing what we're doing. Um, So he leaves, and I remember getting up, and I'm, like, when it comes to strength, like, my left arm is very, very dominant over my right. And I just remember, like, keeping my left arm close to me and just picking up that card table with my right arm and slamming it down. Just, like, I was fucking mad. Yeah. Like, because you almost took away, like, how I make a living, like, for real. And now, like, you're just, like, you're continuing what you've been doing and just thinking you have free reign over all of this. We even said fuck consequences to start the show. He did. Right? I mean, he just flat out said fuck consequences. He did. Because uh, he looked... So, what led to all this was... He took the initiative to pile drive Kevin Koo, Tombstone pile drive Kevin Koo on a steel chair and like pretty much just beat the shit out of him, which led Angelus Lane, it led to her coming in and breaking Koo's neck. Right. Um, so like this, this is, is all... legitimate. Like this isn't us just like talking like wrestling. Like, she, yeah. like Kevin Koo had a broken neck legitimately. So she comes out in a show that says I broke Kevin Koo's neck. He's talking about fuck consequences. So in my head, like, I have to get control of my company because I can't just have people running around thinking they can do whatever they want, you know, because that's not how things work in real life. If you do something, there are consequences. If you, like, if you were to drop me on my head, there would be consequences. Right. So, uh, I remember meeting Mr. Grimm in New York, Mm -hmm. um, who just happens to be the hitman for hire. Puts people in body bags. Right. And I didn't bring him in as a hit. I, you know, Brett's always talking about, like, he wants to wrestle the biggest and the baddest. He's the king of the iron elbow, the strong style pit bull. Okay, well, a pit bull versus a hitman, you know. So I bring in Mr. Grimm. Uh, that match was a hell of a start mm-hmm. uh, to the Headwalk Among Us show. Like, that was, like, big dudes flying every which way and fucking just pure insanity. Brett comes out on top. I'll I really like Brett's, uh, I like his finish, that, that elbow that he does. Oh, the, nice. the death to you sliding elbow. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It's like a Kinshasa with his elbow. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he, you know, he beats Mr. Grimm. Um, he goes to say that I put a hit out on him. It wasn't a hit. If it was a hit, then, you know, the job would have been finished. It was just a match. So, you know, I, I deal with the whole fuck consequences thing, and, you know, I think, you know, well, it's it's done from here, you know, you know, maybe he's learned his lesson, because him and Grim beat the shit out of each other, so I figured that was it, you know, they're good. Um, Then the next thing I know, Brett just fucking ambushes me, tosses me off the stage, and just left me. And our friendship... I've known Brett since the seventh grade, I think, and we're almost thirty now. I know so. you guys go way back. Yeah. yeah. Um. So we've always like we've legitimately been, we we fought by each other's sides. We beat the shit out of people together, like in real life. Did you train together? We trained together. Yep. Uh. Yeah. So like we've literally done everything together. We lived together for years. Like literally, like my best friend throughout my whole life. Um. So when he did that, 
at Headwalk Among Us, I almost took offense to the fact that he just didn't go the extra mile to finish the job. So, in SUP, I'm not, like, the only person that, you know, has control over everything. I pretty much went to everybody, and I was like, this is what I want. I know that I essentially said that my last match was with Tank, but this has gone too far, and if you want something done right, essentially you kind of have to do it yourself. So they were like, well, what do you want? And I said, I want to wrestle Brett Eisen, but I don't just want, like, a hardcore match or a death match. I want to make sure that he's, he can't get away until it's done, if he's, you know, actually going to be able to pull this off. So I want a dog collar match. And the responses that I got were... Are you sure? Yeah, don't do this. Yeah, don't do this. We don't <laughs> yeah. have to do this. We can we can find another way. You realize you're the promoter, right? Like, yeah. You could just work around this, I, right? I could very easily, but me being stubborn, I was like, no, like, if if he's going to get past Mr. Grimm and still think that he can have free reign and do whatever he wants, now he's made it personal by attacking me. You know, he attacked Kevin, who is a good friend of mine, business partner even. Of course. Um. So now, like... Great, dude. Been sitting inside oh, the chair yeah. you're sitting in. Exactly. Yep, absolutely. Um. So now, like... I feel a certain responsibility to try to stop this on my own. So I went to them with a request of a dog collar match. Uh, Brett put out this little video package. Uh, that's like super personal actually, because we had like uh growing up, like uh, hit, like it was like me, him and our friend Travis who passed away. Like we all like uh, trained together with some other friends uh, from high school. We backyard wrestled together. We went to like hardcore punk shows together. Um, we had a benefit show. We had several benefit shows for Travis, but the last one, one of the last ones we had, um, Brett found like the footage of like me giving a speech, and it just like he kept he looped like my best friend Brett, my best friend Brett. Yeah, I saw I, I saw that video on on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, like I don't really have like the time to make like um, video packages or like anything like that. Like. I get what he was going for, like the shock value and all this stuff. It's not going to work. Like, we're just going to fight. That's, it is what it is. Like, you know, I remember growing up and like one of the things like you'd always see like in WWF is like best friends, better enemies or shit like that. And mm -hmm. like, it, it's not even like that. It's like, we're going to beat the shit out of each other. Like, this has gone way too far and I'm tired of it. So just kind of got to man up and dish out or take the beating and you know um i'm not gonna say i don't plan on winning because i think that's pretty much the only way to stop this is like because brett's not been defeated technically in southern underground pro right and i think if he gets that first loss and it comes from me not an active wrestler it'll put him in check so dog collar match um if you've ever Watched a dog collar match. You know there's no rules in a dog collar match. The only way to win is pin or submission. You can't get away. So, uh, fun fact about this dog collar match is uh, the dog collar will be supplied by Carrie Awful, who is another longtime friend of Brett and myself. So, uh, February 25th, Brett Ice and I will be locked by the neck across the ring from each other, and one of us will walk out. Man, I'm fucking looking forward to that, dude. I don't know if it's a good move on your part, though, man. For, like, Fred Eisen's a dangerous motherfucker. Yeah, um, I mean, I've been hit by him. I've been kicked by him. We've wrestled before, uh, fuck, in the backyard. We, I think we did a 30-minute or an hour Ironman match. I mean, we were both much younger then. 
Uh, his body seems to be in much better shape than mine. Like, I fucking hurt all the time, basically. But, you know, it's stuff that I've done to myself. I can't really complain. Um, but at 30 years old, him and I will literally just fight to <laughs> some sort of end. I don't know, man. Uh, I'm, like, equal parts nervous and extremely excited for it because it's been a long time since I've wrestled Brett. It's been... A very long time, actually, like over a decade uh, since I've wrestled Brett. And he's, as much as I dislike him right now as a person, uh, he's done a lot of stuff um, in the past really few months where as a performer and a wrestler, I'm very proud of him. And as somebody who I've grown up with, like, I'll never not love Brett because he's the closest thing to, like, family that I've had for years. Um, and, like, he just got announced for the Scenic City Rumble. Uh, he's been wrestling at Pro Wrestling Freedom in Jeffersonville, Indiana. Um, so he's like making his rounds again, but at the same time, like he needs to be put in check. And I feel like if, if there's anybody that can do that at this point, it's going to be me, the person who's been the closest to him for so long. And we're going to see if he has the balls to really finish the job against the one person who's like been in his corner his whole life. Man, is that going to be the main event? Is that closing the show? The the title match closing the show? Or The main event will be uh, AJ Gray and Kurt Stallion. Okay. Cool. Yeah, non-title. Um, so, okay, so that's how it's working out. AJ Gray and Kurt is gonna be non-title because we gotta make sure we get Dominic and Kurt for right. the belt. Right. Okay, gotcha. Um, another huge match. Um, will be. Uh, I mean, this is one that there's got to be an end to as well, and that's uh, Kevin Koo versus Angelus Lane, last person standing. Yeah, that that has to happen, especially coming off of the last show, which you know we we talked a little bit about, like. In the impromptu match, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of stuff was used in that one. Oh, he, yeah. Kevin ate a DDT on a, a set of Legos in the middle of the ring. And, like, people might think Legos are kind of funny. Like, those are fu- – like, Legos fucking hurt. Yes. <laughs> like, that's not – that's no funny joke. Um, they brawled on the outside of the ring. They brawled up on the stage area mm-hmm. where, where you were thrown from later on. Yep. Um, this is something – yeah, I couldn't agree more, man. Like, the fans of SUP need to see – resolution here yeah. so what's what's going on with this one she's taken so much from kevin like she broke his neck like he couldn't wrestle legitimately for a while um and i can only imagine like i've never had a broken neck but i've i've been injured but not to the point where i couldn't do what i love you know um so i can only imagine what that does to you personally as well so not only did she take the physical aspect but she i'm sure there was a mental aspect to it as well um to the point where even when ku went to Black Label Pro for his first match back, I'm sure there was, like, some hesitation there, which he's not a very hesitant person. Oh, yeah, yeah there has to be. Like, you're coming... Well, and let's be transparent here. Like, he came back very quickly. He did. Yeah, he, like, he rehabbed the shit out of his neck just so he could make that date. And he's obviously a dude who clearly loves pro wrestling mm-hmm. because, like, all I saw on his Twitter and any kind of conversation I had with him in any way while he was injured was all about how bad it sucked that he couldn't be wrestling. Yeah. So like, this is a dude who's not only like loves it, he's doing it for the right reasons, but like I'm and Kevin, if you're listening to this man, like I'm a huge supporter of you. I, but even I was like, I was second guessing from a fan perspective, if he was coming back too early. Yeah. You know what I mean? I had quite a few people ask me if, you know, I thought that he was coming back too early. And while I had my concerns, I also knew that he knew his own limitations, you know, um, and you know, we talked and I was like, are you sure you want to, you know, go back this early? Are you sure you're, you don't feel like you're rushing it? And 
he seemed like he felt pretty comfortable um, with his return date. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I can't speak for him, but I'm sure at Black Label Pro there were some pre-match jitters. Uh, you know, there's always going to be jitters, you know, before a match, but I'm sure there were a little extra jitters, you know, regarding the neck. Of course. Um, How, there, there's no way there couldn't be. You know, just be honest, like being a human, like yeah. any, any any athlete, you know, you even hear guys come back, like a football player has like an ACL tear. Like there's no way you're not thinking about that the first time you're running on the field again. Like it's just impossible. Um, and actually at the last Black Label Pro show, he was in the their um, Battle Royal and he got eliminated and actually like, the way he went out was really weird. Uh, I don't know like how it happened exactly because I haven't watched the whole show yet. Uh, but the clip I saw, he like went over the rope and like landed on his head on the apron and then mm. went out. So I'm sure that was terrifying as hardest well. Hardest part of the ring. Yeah, hardest part on the you know you've already broken your neck. So right. I'm sure Angel's gonna be targeting his neck, um, which I mean you got to do what you got to do. I hate it, uh, but I know Koo is going to go into that with a game plan because he knows how important it is. Like, there has to be an end to this. I just, I'm worried because, you know, it's a last person standing match. So, if you know the rules to a last person standing match, you got to you know, keep, keep him down for a 10 count. That's fucking hard. Right. So, and especially with how ruthless Angelus has been, I mean, at Nova Pro, she, you know, threw fire at the boy. Um, she's come in and she's wrecked house for us. She's been other places where she's just, you know, made her presence known. Um, so I, it's one of those situations where I don't know how this is going to end, you know, and like as a promoter and, you know, one of the bookers, like that's terrifying because right. I, we could be calling an ambulance for the first time. Well, this isn't even a situation where like, we're just like playing, you know, cause me and Jesse, excuse <coughs> me, obviously like we kind of switched the conversation shifted here between like, you know, we will get insider terms, kayfabe versus, you know, real life and right. the, like, this is this is for real. Like we really don't know what's gonna happen yeah. with with Kevin Koo and Angela Slane. Like this isn't me hyping the fight. This isn't like this is like there's real cause for concern in what's gonna happen in this. The things that they've already done have been so extreme. Like she dropped them on his head. He you know dropped her off a stage. They've you know landed on Legos. They've legitimately brawled and like it. It all stems back to a tweet I believe after. Um, I think it was the Punk Pro Show that they were both on in Indianapolis. Uh, it might have been shortly after that. I just saw her tweet, I want Kevin Koo. Yeah. And uh, I think we had already been running around that point, and we were gearing up for maybe our second show. You know, like the tweets kept coming. And then she showed up in August and just kind of like made her presence known. And then, you know, her, Dominic, and Brett all aligned, and that's like, the perfect shitstorm for us because, you know, Dominic's got so much momentum outside of SUP where people are going to see what he's doing. And then Angelus, you know, she's been wrestling for a long time. She is just like, she's a fucking powerhouse. And then Brett, who knows this area better than any of us, you know, he's been wrestling here for years. You know, um, he's like the guard dog of the area. Um, they're just three people that are very dangerous. And, you know, between Kurt, Koo, and myself, like we've, We've got our hands full with these three, and you know, I feel like we'll get a little bit of resolution from Koo and Angelus and me and Brett, but I don't think like it'll fully stop until Dominic gets his title shot. So, still got a while to go. That's a lot, man. There's yeah. a lot of really good shit going on, it's, but it's like it's hectic, man. Like I, 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 I'm looking so forward to it. And like the, another thing with like Brett that I really like from a fan perspective, but it's like. 
where I feel nervous <laughs> for you is uh he's like the he's like a baby like not baby face but like he has like a baby face like yeah. he looks like an innocent guy and he's soft spoken but he's a fucking psychopath um so the thing about Brett is I've literally like I'm gonna like completely pull the curtain back here and like this is like real shit that's happened uh Brett and I's relationship is like so strong like we've had guns pulled on us together Oh, wow. And neither one of us batted an eye. Like, it is what it is. Like, people, like, say that I'm crazy for the match that I did with Tank, but, like, Brett's out there. And I know that I've seen Brett just, like, pummel people in real life, like, at shows and stuff. And, uh, like, I know what I, I want to say I know what to expect, but this is also in the confines of professional wrestling where it's not, like, it's not just, like, a fight where people are going to break it up. It's a wrestling match, so people aren't going to know, like, if this is part of the wrestling match or if this is, like, a legitimate struggle where I'm, like, trying to get away because he's, like, fucking smashing my head in. Uh, but I think it's very important for me to do this um, because, like, I feel like now I just have to take a personal stance and just be like, yo, like, you can't do this. And if you do, like, you can say fuck consequences all you want, but, like, you're still going to have to answer to him. Like, just here's the consequences. Yeah. You know, because, consequences, but here they are just because you're a bad kid. Like, doesn't mean you're not going to get punished. Like just because you think that you're untouchable doesn't mean that you are untouchable. So, I mean, I'm sure that Brett is going to beat the shit out of me. Like 100% because I'm, I mean, he fucking beat tank and mm-hmm. tank is like tank is tank. Tank is a deathmatch wrestling legend, a Southern wrestling legend. Like he's one of the few guys that went from, you know, the Georgia area to the Northeast and brought, like, that strong style back down here. Like, right. We got to see his last match at uh, the Scenic City Invitational we against did. Matt Riddle. That was a great, great event. Um, fun fact, uh, I really was pushing for, if we weren't going to do the dog collar, like, if I couldn't get the dog collar match approved, my second option was allowing Tank to be the special guest referee. Oh, that would have been cool, yeah. Because I knew Tank wouldn't have, like, there would have been no ref stoppage. It would have just been like, this gets finished here now. So, luckily, well, I mean, either way, it would have been really cool. Uh, but the dog collar match is happening, and uh, we almost, I almost had to pitch the idea of Tank being a special referee, which would have, it would have been special because I know that the match with Tank was something that Brett was very excited for because it's like a rite of passage almost. Right. Um, and then I was oddly very excited about my match with Tank. So, um we still have one more match to talk about if you want to talk about it real quick. Oh, we definitely will. I just wanted to ask real quick. Is sure. there any relation between... Because I know Tank as was always billed as the early... From the time that I knew him was billed as the strong style psycho. Mm-hmm. And Brett is the strong style pit bull. Um, is I there any relation there? I don't think there's any relation. I know that uh, after they wrestled, uh, Tank kind of passed down the choke breaker to Brett. And Brett's been using that a little bit here and there. Um... Tank passed down the choke breaker to Brett, but, you know, when Tank and I got to the back after our match, he gave me the barbed wire 2x4, so, like, we both got a gift from Tank that night, uh, and I'm willing to bet that Brett's gonna try to break his gift out and fucking hit me with a choke breaker, which I'm not excited about, because the choke breaker sucks a whole lot. Yeah. Um... So, no, to my knowledge, I'm pretty sure Brett was, call it, like, called the Strong Style Pitbull before, like... Oh, well, I know he was called a strong style pitbull before we had Tank here in SUP because uh, Brett was 
the strong style pit bull in like ASW and SWF. So because I, I was asking because I see kind of some similarities. Between oh yeah, the two guys. Like, you know what I mean. Brett, I mean, I know Brett studied Tank before. Um, you know, Tank. Tank's one of those guys like he's touched so many different careers in the the time that he was in wrestling. You know, he's wrestled guys like uh, AJ Styles, um, Cesaro. Like if you go back on Powerbomb. And watch like some of the old IWA stuff. He's wrestled, I think, Necro Butcher. I know Samoa Joe. Like, was he, he like was he a Wild Side guy? Also? He was a Wild NWA Side. Guy. Wild side. Uh, he did IWA Mid South, NWA Wild Side. Uh, I mean, like so much. He went up to the Northeast with like Jimmy Rave and some of those other guys, and like, well, Jimmy Rave, AJ Styles. Like, he had a hand in like molding some of those guys. So that's amazing, man. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool to like sit back and say like even after like a six year hiatus, I got to like get in the ring and like knock off a huge bucket list you know item for me against Tank. Knock off a big bucket list item, getting your back completely <sighs> fucking torn to shreds. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is like I know you enjoy it. Like oh, that, man. I mean, that, that's what makes me not as worried about you against Brett. Like I'm worried for you as a friend, man, because I think Brett's gonna fuck you up a little bit. <laughs> but but I also know you kind of thrive in in the pain. A little, like you're kind of a you're kind of a little off dude in that. You know what I mean? So I showed uh, one of my chefs uh, my death match with Tank, and he was like, "Why do I feel like you just really enjoyed this?" I was like, "Man, it's like it's not like I enjoy getting hurt. It's just like." There's something about it that I can't describe. Right. So. It's like it's like it's a it's bigger than you. Yeah, it's, it, you it know, really it is. is. Like it, you know. You think Mick Foley liked getting pedigreed into thumbtacks? Uh, I can. Tell I you. doubt he liked it, but it made him a it made him immortal in the world of wrestling forever. I can tell you, I did not enjoy getting curb stomped into Legos and tacks. Mm. But I mean, <laughs> here we are. Jesus Christ, chill, man. Well, what's the what's the last match that we haven't touched on yet? The last match I think is uh, one that a lot of people will be excited about. It's a return and a debut. Uh, the debuting Craig Mitchell, who's been a mainstay at Freelance Wrestling uh, various other promotions, will be coming in, and he's wrestling Gunner Miller, the returning Gunner Miller. Love Gunner. Gunner. past guest on the show. Gunner, uh, Gunner got a great reaction in October. Uh, we loved having him. He's somebody that we wanted to work with. Um, People's captain, the jock. Uh, I love Gunner. I love Craig as well. Uh, Craig and I come from very similar backgrounds, uh, from like hardcore shows and punk shows and stuff like that. Um, both. I mean, you've seen Gunner. Yeah, a very for people who haven't. I mean, if if you're gonna see anybody at any of these shows that looks like a guy you'd see on WWE television, that's Gunner Miller. Yeah, Gunner's cut up, jacked. Uh, he's a big boy. Hoss of Hosses is what he's been calling himself. Uh, Craig is also a very big boy. He's fucking burly. He's Gunner likes those matches, though. I saw him, like, I've seen him against Cyrus. I've seen him against KLD. Yep. I mean, he likes taking all the... He, he likes the Haas fights. That's he his does. thing. Uh, so, actually, this is a match that we talked about doing a while ago, and I don't remember why we weren't able to do it. Um, but Craig has been wrestling for a while. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's got some time on KLD or on a Gunner. Um, so, I think this will be a good test for both of them. Um like I said, Craig, he's been a staple in the Midwest. Uh, Gunner has been really getting out and going to like Nova Pro, Black Label, uh, Sup. He's been doing Anarchy. Uh, he was just at Chattanooga Pro. Um, so these are two guys that I think we're destined to meet at some point, and I think we have just expedited that. Um, and I think it's just going to be a fucking hoss battle, uh, for lack of better terms. Uh, I think it's just going to be an ass beater of a match because. Craig is somebody who I don't I feel like doesn't get enough credit 
for as good as he is. Uh, he's a really big dude, but he's really, really good. I need to know more about him. I need to do some research. I don't know about him, much about him. Uh, Powerbomb just dropped a lot of freelance stuff. Powerbomb TV just dropped a shit ton of freelance stuff, actually. So that would be a great introduction to Craig Mitchell if you're not familiar with Craig Mitchell. Perfect. Uh, he's very good. He was a part of a great team called Beta and Freelance. Okay. Uh, so I, I don't know what Beta stood for. Um, and I feel really dumb for that. But Craig is really good. Gunner's really good. And this is just one of those situations where you put two good, really good things together, you're going to get something great out of it. So it's like when you mix two of your favorite foods and it turns out to be really fucking good. I like to think like shepherd's pie. Yeah. You know, it's like you like, feel like mashed potatoes and you like ground beef and you like peas and you like carrots and stuff. It, somehow it all comes together in this good little combination. You I know? like to think of it as like Craig is like the mashed potatoes. Gunner is the ground beef. The bar at Basement East is like the peas. Dylan's commentary is like... Fucking Dylan Hales, man. Shout out to Dylan. Fucking... He's... Once again, another... I don't mean to cut you off, but no, like another, another big upside to these shows, especially yeah. when you listen to them on Powerbomb TV. Dylan Hales. <coughs> Once again, another cheap plug. He's been on my show, so, you know... Of at course, Dylan Waco. At Dylan Waco. <laughs> yeah. No one watches more pro wrestling than him. No one. Uh, he's, he's a fucking... Wealth of knowledge. I mean, he's his... an asset to to anybody who, you know, yeah. I, his I remember. I don't know if it's still this, but I remember his uh, Twitter bio for a while was the person that you message at three a.m. if you want to know X is available on this date. Like that's the fucking truth, right? Like I don't know how he keeps up. Like I can barely remember what today is, and he knows like so much about people's schedules and like what's going on where. Like he's like fucking wrestling knowledge kingpin. His commentary is phenomenal. I mean, just really great stuff. And, I, and what's cool about his commentary as well as yours, but what I like about guys like him and guys like you and guys like uh, Tyler Voles out in Glory Pro, who may or may not be the dude who likes to drink beer during the shows. Um, <laughs> he, uh, what I like is they, they reference like stuff that fans like myself would understand, mm-hmm. but the kind of casual fan probably would go over their head. Right. So like... Every time that someone hits a flatline or a glory pro, Tower Vols' call is, who's better than Canyon? You know what I mean? And it's like, uh, that's, that's because if I was calling the show, that's what I would want to say. Right. You know, Dylan's the same kind of way where, like, something happened. He's like, man, this reminds I'm just making stuff up. Man, this reminds me of War Games in 1997 when <laughs> WCW came out, blah, 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 and Kurt Henning, blah, blah, blah. And, like, he'll make these references to stuff that, like, as a fan, you're like, oh, shit, I remember watching that. Right. But... Your regular, like, your fucking, like, Byron Sasson or David Otunga or fucking JBL. Like, he's kind of, like, when you listen to most major pro wrestling, they're... It's watered down. It's watered down, and they're not even allowed to talk about other promotions most of the time. So, yeah, Dylan is... I love listening to his commentary. And speaking of other people, and I know we got kind of, like, uh, got kind of serious talking about you and Brett, because I'm, I'm worried for you, man. You're a buddy of mine. I appreciate that. But, uh... I don't know that I don't have faith in you, but I also know that Brett Eisen's a fucking psychopath. And also, by the way, Dylan Hales, if you happen to listen to this, you still don't follow me on Twitter, man. I love you. Oh. I love you, man. You still don't follow me on Twitter. Come, Come on. on, Dylan. Come on, Dylan. Come on, Dylan. Come on. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know that I know that we're, we're friends IRL in there real you. life, so that's what matters that's most. What matters. But I just, actually, I noticed that yesterday. I was just going through my stuff, and I was like, Dylan still doesn't follow me. Oh, come on, man. Um, send but, some angry tweets. Oh no, I'm not gonna ever be angry at the guy. He's 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 amazing. Him him and Papa Hales, I fucking I've gotten the love to death, man. I know Dylan much better, but seeing Papa these shows is really cool too. Um, 
Speaking of kind of some personalities outside of the ring, will you be booking the Daniel Bryan fan from the last show? No. Fuck no. <laughs> Hell no. Man, I was legitimately worried that that kid You didn't pay that his... guy to be in the crowd? <sighs> I heard that he was booked for the show. I heard that he works as a... If I was going to pay anybody <laughs> to be that ignorant, it would have been me. That way I at least got something out of it. I was legitimately worried that that kid was going to get his ass it almost Beat. happened a few times. Yeah. Well, because, you know, there was a point even where, I mean, you know me, I'm a laid back dude. Right. I sit around, drink beer, and hang out and shit. Like, I'm just going to these shows to have a good time. But even myself, not even being affiliated with you guys, outside of just being friends with you guys, mm-hmm. even I was like, when he got onto the ring apron, oh, I, I, I almost pulled him down because it's like, dude, you're going to get your fucking ass kicked for doing these things. Like, like there's, I'll also say, I, I want to make this clear to anyone listening. If you buy a ticket to a show, as long as you're not saying things that are offensive to people, I think you you have every right in the world to cheer as sure. much as you want. You have every right to you, – you can be a fan. Pick your person, stick with them, cheer for them. But boom. once you cross that line of getting onto the ring oh, apron, man, that's – and the only reason I'm bringing it up is because like it, it's on the Powerbomb stream. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's stuff other fans were talking about. Uh, the dude – man, I wish I could remember his name. It's so bad with names of people like – when I meet them, there's a dude who runs an apparel company um, that was at at your show. I met him in the parking lot, actually. And we were all kind of just talking like apparently this dude goes to a lot of shows he and, he, and he kind of is kind of his his thing to do this. And on one hand, you got to be pumped, right? Where it's like you got a really active fan who's having a great time. But it also crosses like the classic like Super Dragon clip of like. Dude, chill out a little bit. Like, no one else is cheering. And now it crosses the line of you trying to get yourself over versus adding to the show. So, I've seen that guy at several different shows uh, from Tried and True, um, Best of the Best when they were still running, Freedom Pro. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Of course, like WWE shows, most likely. Um, he always comes in and boots what I would assume are tights that he bought off highspots.com. Cheap plug. Yeah. Um, Shit, we all know about highspots. Any, the reason he, Jesse says it is because anybody can go on highspots.com exactly. and buy a pair of it, trunks. It's right? definitely not a knock at highspots, but, I mean, you can just buy gear off highspots. If I wanted to buy turnbuckle pads for my living room, I could buy turnbuckle pads for my living room. You know <laughs> what I mean? Sick. <laughs> right. um, he comes in in boots, uh, tights, an NXT belt, and... I'm not even going to say what's on the shirt, but he comes in with a custom shirt. Now, the reason I, I – once again, not to cut you off, but, like, it was a Halloween show. I This is how he always is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't – I assumed he was dressing up like this because oh. it was a Halloween show and he was trying to look like one of the one of the workers from the show. Nope. This is what he does every show. Every time. I didn't know that. Same get up at every show. I mean, it, like, I understand, like, if people want to have a shtick. Uh, our crowd is something that – it's probably my favorite part of the show because it's just a very chill – an accepting crowd uh and we had been running from april to october bi-monthly at this point so we've had a, we've got a few shows under our belt we run at bar shows mostly adult settings where alcohol flows freely and that can cause emotions to you know be a little higher than usual we've never had an incident in our shows this was the only time i've ever seen any sort of hostility arise at one of our shows and it was like mind-blowing to me to like witness this from like i never thought the kid was in jeopardy for, and I say kid, but he was at least 18 because all of our shows are 18 plus. And he was rocking the the X's on his hands straight. Like, and, and 
the reason I bring this up is because, like, I initially just assumed that he was intoxicated. Nope. But, like, he's straight edge. There was no... His mind was not altered. Like, no. this was just him being him. He he comes to all these shows and, like... Like you said, it, it's cool for a while until you realize that, like, it's happening at moments where it shouldn't happen. Where, like, he's just, like, cheering really loudly and, like, it's borderline obnoxious. Um, and, like, it got to the point where I was trying to, like, make announcements during the show and he was still yelling and I had to be like, yo, chill. Like, that's not the time for this. Um... And, like, I don't just, like, I don't want to just single somebody out because that makes me feel like an asshole. I want everybody to feel accepted on our show. Well, and like, they're guys that bought tickets that are a big fan of pro wrestling. Right. So it's like, you don't want to be a dick to the guy, but I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. So this guy obviously wanted to be a part of the show. Um, so he became a part of the show. Uh, Corey Hollis comes out to his normal music, walks up to the kid who has the NXT the, the gentleman who has the NXT Championship title around his waist. Replica belt, not the true championship. Corey Hollis, who's been on Raw, NXT, you know, all the Impact, Ring of Honor, all these shows. Walks over to him, takes the title, goes back to the curtain. The next thing you know, you hear Triple H music. Corey Hollis walks back out. Crown, vest, NXT replica title. Does the whole Triple H entrance. Phenomenal. Worked great. Love Worked Corey great. Hollis. One of the yeah. best wrestlers in the world right now, I think. And he's a diabetic, I think I read. Is. Yeah, which is actually true. really interesting because I recently found out like Kyle O'Reilly was. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not. Nobody I know is. But it's just interesting to know like that. It's just more awareness stuff out right. there that like because, you know, people uh, people generally. What's up, dude? That's my roommate coming through the door. <laughs> I didn't realize he was coming in so soon. Um, but people generally just don't know that. The reason I like to bring that up, and that, once again, I know I keep saying it, I don't mean to cut you off because I don't, but I don't want to. I don't want to forget to miss something. Freeform free conversation. Freeform combo, exactly. Um, when people are dealing with stuff, I feel like people. We should know that there's people out there that are dealing because I think things like diabetes or things like any kind of disease or any anything that you think is out of the norm might prevent somebody from trying to achieve something. Mm-hmm. And knowing that there are guys like Corey Hollis or guys like Kyle O'Reilly, stuff out there that are doing this like with an issue like mm-hmm. a like a physical issue it's people that also are dealing with that can know that that doesn't mean you can't become exactly. a pro wrestler you know what i mean uh probably not a little known fact because i'm pretty sure he's talked about it on some other podcasts but carrie awful grew up like asthmatic uh like had all these issues like health issues as a young child um pretty much was told that he would never be a professional wrestler now look at him right don't bring him on or just you know california all canada all this crazy stuff exactly um so Corey hollis comes out Takes the title, does the whole Triple H entrance. Everybody loves it. It's hilarious. Uh, doesn't hand the guy his title back. I don't remember. I think the referee like goes along with it, and, like holds it up like the matches for the NXT Championship. Uh, and the kid's like, "Give my belt back! Give my belt back!" And then like takes his shirt off, which in you know most instances is like a sign that you're looking for an altercation. Time to fight. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, there was actually a joke on the internet a while back that was like, white people love to take their shirt off when they're about to fight. <laughs> right. One of my favorite memes. Um, so this kid takes his shirt off and hops up on the apron, and then he gets super serious. So the ref was like, get off my fucking ring. Yeah. And like everybody was yelling at the guy, and I'm pretty sure uh, AJ Gray was like, get off the fucking ring. And the guy said something to AJ like, what are you even doing here? And AJ was like, I was fucking booked. <laughs> yeah, right, like, right. So that kid got himself in some hot water. Uh, oh, we, you God. know, we encourage people to have fun. Like you pay your money, you, you know, you work long hours at work. You need a place to blow off steam. You know, we want you to support the bar. If you, you know, if you don't drink, we want you to like get a soda or something or some food. Sure. Or um, buy you a beer. Yeah. Sure. Buy me a beer. Right. Sure. I'll take it. Um, so 
we want people to come and enjoy themselves, but like also understand that like once you get on that apron or once you cross that line and get in the ring, like I can't help you. <laughs> well, and and it's a safety issue. Yeah, like you don't know. Like as harmless as that dude that we're talking about seemed. You don't know. Yeah. Because it's not like, I mean, this isn't a knock on basement ease, but nowhere you go outside of like a WWE event at a major arena or a stadium or something, like we're not getting patted down for yeah. weapons. Like no one knows if we have a knife or a gun or something. And like, you know, it's like, you know, you just don't know. If you get up on the ring apron, you've been obnoxious the whole show and people don't know what to expect out of you and you've taken your shirt off like you're looking for a fight. Exactly. I mean, the referee. It, bad. it does. And the referee, I think, made the right call by like, he he established that he owned the ring. Yeah. But I will also say, because I've seen that referee at multiple shows. Mm-hmm. I've seen him many places. I actually have a good friend that's a good friend of his. Okay. Um, I don't know if you want to act like such a tough guy, though. I'm going to be completely honest. Yeah. Like, when, like, I, like I'm just, I'm, I mean, I'm going to give you the, the benefit of the doubt. you got to establish it's your ring, you're the referee, but, right. like, you don't look like you're in a position to kick any ass either. So, <laughs> so I'm just going to be completely honest, man. Like, it kind of came off like you're trying to get yourself over a little bit there, too. I'm just going to throw that out there. But the dude definitely should not have been up on the ring apron at the end of the day. I agree 1,000%, and I'm glad that situation sorted itself out quickly. I also, I don't think that guy had been to a show like ours before. I'm pretty sure all of his shows were, like, guardrail of all ages, like, PG, possibly, you know. And, you know, we're a very different wrestling show for not just Nashville, but the entire South. Um, so for him to be able to be that close to a ring and like, I mean, I understand where he was probably a little pissed because like he didn't get his property back, but at the same time, like we're, we're not just going to like steal your belt. Like, well, and he gave it up. It yeah, wasn't, it wasn't like Corey Hollis walked up to the dude, put him in a chokehold and ripped I'm the I'm pretty sure Corey just like held his hands out. The dude knew exactly what he was like going for. He took it, went back and like, you know, you're going to get the shit back. Like I have no, no desire to hold an NXT championship replica title. So right. I don't think anybody <laughs> like on our roster really does, but you know, you know, just if you go to shows with no guardrails and the standing room only, like just keep in mind that like, if you do get on the apron or get in the ring, like if it's happening at WWE shows, it's going to happen at an indie show. You're going to get your fucking face kicked probably. Yeah. Learn some lessons like, from these like NWO run-ins that we used yeah, to see where it, Hall and Nash and dude are literally stomping on dudes' heads. Like, because not, that's going to happen if you get in the fucking ring. It's not like these guys just want to do that. It's like, like you said, like you literally don't know like who has what or like what their intentions are. So like, when you're in a bar, you don't know if the guy's been drinking. Exactly. You don't fucking know anything. So it's better just to, to err on the side of caution and not do that for everybody, you know, cause like, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm just like really glad that that situation didn't escalate because it would have been like super awful for everybody, for everyone involved. Yeah. Man, you don't, you don't need that fucking liability issue as the booker. The no. venue doesn't fucking need that shit, especially when it's like everything's going so yeah. smoothly with everyone involved. Like you just don't need that shit. But, yeah, and like it, it goes back to Basement East, like we were talking about earlier. They've been a really great venue. They've been super understanding. We were a little bit worried when. You know, there was brawling on the bar, and then at the tag team match in August when the trash can got thrown, I was like, oh, fuck. Like, but they, they, they were cool with it. You know, everything got cleaned up. You know, nothing was broken. Um, the the shots in the Janela and Kurt match where they were taking shots, like, that was awesome. The bars, the bartenders were all for it. You know, so luckily the NXT title fiasco didn't, uh, didn't escalate any further. And, you know, I don't even think Basement was any... Like, I don't think they were, had any clue what was happening. I think they probably thought it was part of the show, which it was not. 
Because um, it even shows, like I said, on Powerbomb yeah. TV, like the whole it's it's unedited, like the whole scenario plays out right in front of you. And like personally, you know, some people might say like, "Oh, you should have taken that out," but I think it's important because it shows a side of independent wrestling that you don't see very often. Where like that shit can't happen, and there's a right way to deal with it and a wrong way to deal with it. And I, I mean, I don't want to say that people you know shouldn't be put in their place, but you don't ever just want to see somebody like get their head kicked in. You know, for doing something simple like getting on an apron. You know? Of course not. Yeah, but, that's not the goal of anybody involved, but it's self defense. Like, yeah, like we've like, been saying, you just don't know, so just don't don't get involved. Hey, and if you're uh, your goal, if you're listening to this guy, <laughs> well, I don't know your name, but if you're listening to this, uh, I do. I just don't want to put him over. Well, no, I've got to say, I, I like I've put him over enough by mentioning him, but it's something I wanted to bring up because I did bring it up with Dylan Hales mm-hmm. when we talked on my show. Just we talked about it a little bit, so I want to get your opinion on that too. Um, we've been going for almost an hour and a half, man. This is. Perfect time. We've talked about all the matches, right? We've yes, already sir. got through That's that. All Perfect. That's all the matches on Southern Underground Pro's Achy Breaky Heart Show coming yes, up on February 25th. February 25th at the Basement East in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, do you have anything else to plug before we get out of here, man? Uh, tickets, $15. I have a handful of physical tickets on me, so if you see me out in Nashville, feel free to hit me up. They'll most likely be on me. Uh, we'll have uh, lapel pins made by Pollyanna DIY. It's like 10 show. bucks or so, right? Yeah, 10 yep. bucks for the pins. <laughs> Um, let's see. Follow Southern Underground Pro on Twitter and Instagram at SUP underscore GREPS, Southern Underground Pro on Facebook. Uh, Powerbomb TV, again, if you sign up for Powerbomb.tv, use code SUPGRAPS, S-U-P-G-R-A-P-S. Um, if you stay signed up after the 20-day free trial, then we get a kickback from your subscription, and, you know, that, that helps a lot. Like, aside from ticket sales and, like, stuff like merch sales and stuff like that, Powerbomb TV is like could be a constant source of revenue for us if people keep signing up and using our code. So even when we're not running shows, we can still make money to put back into the company. So I just want to keep that in the back of everybody's mind. If you guys want to check out like a Black Label Pro, IWA Mid South, AIW Tier One, SCI, yeah, any, SCI, any, most of the stuff we've been talking about exactly. is on there. Uh, you can sign up for Powerbomb TV. They've got like I think it's over what like four or five, no, like maybe like two thousand hours of wrestling. Oh, I, I believe so. I mean, there's a ton of it, and yeah. they're and they're constantly updating. Yeah, so. like I said, they just as of today dropped a bunch of freelance stuff on there, and they'll be adding black label pro, more black label pro stuff soon. So, use our code SUPGRAPS, a twenty day free trial. Watch all that stuff, binge watch, and uh, come out February twenty fifth. Join the show. Well, like Jesse said, tw- it's a twenty day free trial. Yeah. So, like, you put this code in, you get twenty day. And once again, Jesse's invested, but I'm not. I'm just a fan. I swear to God, I'm not. I, I keep plugging Powerbomb <laughs> TV like I work for him, and I swear I don't. But just it's a great deal because I did the same thing as a fan. As what I'm telling you guys to do right now. If you go on there, <coughs> excuse me, you go on there, you do twenty days free. Literally, it costs you ten bucks yep. total to get basically two months worth of Powerbomb TV, and a portion of that is going to go to help Jesse and Southern Underground Pro with what they do. I mean, so for ten bucks in basically two months, yeah worth of pro wrestling i mean please do your part and and help support because that's like he's saying like i'm saying like you know like anyone involved would say like that's we i'm just saying i'll be transparent because i'll say something that jesse that jesse might not feel comfortable saying a lot of these guys don't work for a lot of money it's no. simple yeah. a lot of wrestlers don't work for a lot of money a lot of promoters might not make a lot of money a lot of like it's it's fans doing stuff to make things awesome for other fans. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you firsthand, I haven't seen a single dime from the sub shows. I probably put more in than I'll ever see back from sub shows. And I don't mind. Right. It isn't a sob story. No. It's not like it's anything that anyone's complaining about. No. 
it's just one of those things where like maybe people don't quite understand like it isn't like just because you run a pro wrestling show that you're rolling in dough and you right. can just it's things like the 20 day free trial with a $10 one month that goes to a kickback towards mm-hmm. a company really 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 helps a lot mm-hmm. so i'm going to say it i'm not going to make Jesse say it anymore like i'm going to say it as an unbiased third party as a straight up fan who pays money myself for these services it helps these people so much. It helps the promoters. It helps the talent. It helps the venues. It helps literally everybody involved for you to do your part and help support because, hey, if you hate the WWE, because I hear that all the time, yeah. if you don't want to keep paying your 10 bucks a month, I'm just going to make it a relative thing. If you don't want to pay your 10 bucks a month anymore for WWE Network because you're complaining every single day about the things that they do in WWE, take that 10 bucks, reinvest it into something different, and I guarantee you, you're going to enjoy it. There's no way... If you call yourself a fan of professional wrestling, not sports entertainment, a fan of professional wrestling, there's no way that Powerbomb TV isn't worth your money for 10 bucks a month. And it's really cool right now. Um, also, totally unbiased, like, strictly as a fan for me, I grew up reading, like, PWI, Pro Wrestling Insider, The Wrestler, all that stuff, keeping up with promotions like IWM and South in the, in the early 2000s. Now that they have acquired the whole SmartMark video library, mm-hmm. all of that old IWA footage, IWA Mid-South footage is on there. So I get to go back and watch the stuff that I couldn't get my hands on as a kid. Um, like in my early teenage years, like I'm talking like 13 years old, shit like that. So now I can go back and watch, you know, like Tank and IWA Mid-South or, you know, Necro Butcher, Samoa Joe, CM Punk, like Chris Hero, all this stuff. These are all names that people know. Um, and you can watch them on Powerbomb TV. You've seen handful of them in WWE, you know, you can see, you know, Tyler Black, aka Seth Rollins, you know, on some of these shows, AIW shows and stuff. Before so, he was in the Age of the Fall, believe it or not. Exactly. Yeah. So before, I remember. I remember. I remember. Before uh, Dean Ambrose was uh, in the Shield, and he was in uh, what was it, the Switchblade Conspiracy? Yeah, he did that. He did uh when he was, he was in Dragon Gate USA. Did uh, the fuck was it? He went he went to Zawa, right? Where uh. No, 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 him and Callahan. Him and, it was him, yeah, and, him Callahan. and Callahan. That's what it was. It was him and Callahan did some stuff when he was John Moxley. Yep. Um, you can see uh, NXT referee uh, Drake Younger. Yeah. In uh, IWA, AIW. Or, yeah. A, yeah, I'm pretty sure both of those. Uh, someone told me CZW got added to, to Powerbomb. I, don't know. I, haven't, I, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm, I'm not going to say it has or it hasn't. And I'm not going to edit this because this is unedited. <laughs> but, uh... You never know. I mean, CZ. Wait, a lot of the guys that we're talking about right now have popped up in CZW. It's true. not like Joey Janela hasn't made a huge name in CZW as well as Southern Underground. So. It's true, and uh, Joey Janela is somebody that I like to bring back to uh, Southern Underground Pro. And if you're wondering what impact he made, you could go to our YouTube channel. It's just Southern Underground Pro, and check out his country hit. He uh, loves to hunt. He loves to fish. Apparently, he's a tiny ass dick. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's end it on that, man. Let's do it, man. Jesse, appreciate you coming on the show, brother. Yes, sir. We will. Uh, we'll we'll do a follow up, dude. We'll uh, we'll talk again after the show. Let everyone know how it went, and then uh, keep on rolling. And just every new show coming up, we want to make sure people know about it. Once again, I'll say it one last time. Southern Underground Pro. Give me the date one more time, Jesse. Two twenty five. Is that two twenty five? Two twenty five. Basement East, Nashville, Tennessee. Tickets are what? Fifteen bucks. Fifteen yep. bucks. Available on TicketWeb. Take a web. Go ahead and do it right now. This has been Steven Jensen with the Fight Talk Podcast. You're going to hear some advertisements here in just a second. In Righteous Jesse. Jesse, thanks again for coming on, man. Thanks, man, for having me. All right, everyone. And that will do it for this conversation with Jesse Butler, a.k.a. Righteous Jesse. 
from Southern Underground Professional Wrestling. Once again, make sure to check out their show if you're in the area on February the 25th at the Basement East here in Nashville, Tennessee. Achy Breaky Heart. I can't wait for that show. And it's also going to be available at some point on Powerbomb.tv. So we talk about that plenty during the show. I won't keep harping on it, but Powerbomb.tv and the Basement East, big shout outs for helping support SUP Graps here in Nashville. If you want to support me, please make sure to jump on my Twitter and give me a follow at Fight Talk underscore. That's at F I G H T T A L K underscore. Got a Facebook group as well. Just search it on Facebook at Fight Talk Podcast, all one word, or just search the words Fight Talk. Should pop right up. If you haven't already, please subscribe and please download all the episodes that you can of the Fight Talk Podcast on iTunes and Google Play. If you're subscribed, please jump on the ratings. Give me a five star rating and please leave me just a little review. It helps the podcast out so much. I know I say it all the time, but it is the truth. It really, really, really helps uh, to get those ratings and those reviews. Uh, it just does. And it takes you guys like two seconds. So please do that. And I really, really appreciate it. Also, if you want to support the podcast even more than you already do, please jump on whatamaneuver.net. That is whatamaneuver.net. Got t-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, multiple design logos for you guys, uh, multiple colors, you know, anything you're looking for, just jump on there, whatamaneuver.net. Grab yourself some Fight Talk merchandise, and anything that I make on that website goes directly right back into the podcast. So it just helps book guests. It helps me get out to shows and interview live talent. It helps me get, you know, upgraded equipment and all that kind of stuff. So it just all goes right back into the podcast. And like I've said a thousand times, and I'll say it once again, I'll never charge y'all for ever listening to my show. You know, it's always going to be free. The Fight Talk podcast will always be free to download and to listen to. But it does help out along the way for those five-star ratings, for those reviews, and for that little bit of money that I can bring in over there at oneamaneuver.net. So it helps all of us out, and it makes the whole show better for everyone. So as much as you can support, I really appreciate. But trust me, if you can't, if you can't spare a little extra money, I totally understand. I totally get it, and I really, really, really can't thank you enough for just listening to the show. Uh, so that all being said, that's it for this episode. I'll be back really soon with Royal Rumble predictions and NXT TakeOver predictions. Don't know if that's going to be a one- or two-part podcast yet, but I'll be recording those tomorrow, and they'll be available either Thursday or Friday of this week. So keep your eyes peeled for that. But aside from that, that's all I've got for you. I'll be back later this week, and I hope you have a good one. Hey,